स्मार्ट कास्ट लिसनिंग टू अंदुस्तान टाइम्स प्रोडक्शन ब्रॉट यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट हेलो एंड वेलकम टू द एच टी ब्रांच पॉडकास्ट the weekly companion to your printed copy of HD Branch where i your host karishma kunzang from team branch give you a behind the scenes of what you'll be reading on sunday there'll be interviews with the biggest bollywood celebrities talking about things that matter to them you'll also get to know a little more about the columns by veer sangvi and seema goswami from the columnists themselves why should you listen to it well it's one of india's top sunday magazines It has the best editors, columnists and opinion leaders bringing you what's happening around town. Listen on for an additional dose of brunch. This series is available on hdsmartcast.com, India's fastest growing podcast producing platform. Hey guys, how's it going? Who was an idol for all millennials one way or another? And it wasn't just her outrageous wardrobe quote unquote but how sassy she was that chimed with every young girl. And just as we fell in love with Pooh, Geet from Jab We Met and Chameli etched their own places in our heart. Today our HG Branch Independence Day special cover star Kareena Kapoor Khan or Bebo is the mother of two and as vivacious and outspoken as ever as she chats with HG Branch editor Jamal Sheikh. Hello Karina Kapoor welcome to the HT Brunch podcast many congratulations on becoming a mother for the second time round the last time we met you were 8 months pregnant with Temur now you have a second boy how does it feel being a mom again oh uh, well it feels uh, absolutely amazing it feels obviously you know i mean it's an overwhelming experience but i think this time round i'm having you know obviously the second time round you're a lot more prepared So I think this time round I'm a lot more relaxed as compared to what I was with Tim. Uh you know. Uh Tim I was paranoid you know like a lot more sleepless nights here. I think now I know the drill I'm like okay fine I can you know pat him to bed and I know that that's going to happen. Right. Um like you know okay he started teething now so I'm like I know he's going to get loose motions. You're a lot more you know the kind of drill. Correct. Uh also I think that because Uh, Jay has been a lockdown baby. I think as a family, we've got a lot of time together. Right. So that has been very amazing. Right. You know the fact that um, you know thanks to COVID and stuff like that, we've had a lot of time. So I'm very very grateful. Um, you know, for that. Karina, um, you've obviously grown a lot as a mother, and you know you've had all these experiences, and uh, you've learned a lot because now you've come out with a book, Karina Kapoor's Pregnancy Bible. Tell us a little about the book. You know the book was just like a you know it was just uh, Chicky's idea when she called me and she was like listen I had this amazing I mean of course I know her and her father's very friendly with our family with uh, Saifu's family so obviously when you know when she called me I was like she just had this you know she just messaged me this throwaway idea she's like listen I've just been thinking that um I have this uh, idea that you know like why don't you talk about your babies and I was like for what and she was like for a book and i was like really seriously would people be interested in actually the details and she was like you know we should do it and if you are in the headspace of being honest i said it's in the fact is that if i ever do a book or whatever which i have you know i've done a style book and randomly you know in the past right but i've never like spoken something you know which is obviously having your children and going through what you do is very very personal Correct. you know 
So, uh, you know, one wonders that, like, you know, are you open? Am I going to be as open? People going to wonder that, you know, being a, a celebrity, are you right. going to be so open about right. it? In fact, when she told me this, I jumped at the idea and I said, the only way I'm going to do this book is actually if you allow me to be so open wow. and you allow me to actually be quite verbose about the fact, right. you know, about right. what I went through. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's actually... People who know me know the fact that I would speak like from my heart, know the right. fact that I wouldn't be hiding anything. Right. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a blow by blow account of what happened during Tim's pregnancy, during Jay's pregnancy, yes. COVID right. times that we had to uh, right. deal with because I got pregnant in the first lockdown right. and, you know, COVID had just happened. Yes. So, um, you know, just battling different things. Yeah. So I think that it's it's going to be an interesting read. It's going to be a book that probably I think people can keep definitely, I'm hoping, on their shelf. Right. A lot of mothers can, right. you know, refer to it. Yes. Uh, because also it's the only book that's been vetoed by Foxy you know we've been right. we've got a great uh, go ahead from them they've actually given us their stamp and go ahead of approval which right. is a huge thing yes. for uh, for us you know to have this book correct uh, affiliated with them yes so yeah so um, I'm hoping that this one's going to make it to all the mother's bookshelves it definitely will. Um, Karina, give us a little bit of a comparison. You say that you were probably better prepared with Jay's pregnancy, but uh, you also write in the book, and I've got a sneak peek, that uh, you, it was tougher. Jay's pregnancy was tougher on you. Uh, I think it was tougher on me because, honestly, I was also, I was four and a half years older than uh, what I was. And I, I genuinely feel that, that it kind of, it, it, it got me, it took to me. I was a lot more tired. I was a lot... Uh, I was a lot more nauseous. I, I didn't feel like doing a lot. Like the way I was so gungo about the first time where I was on the move. Yes. Even during J I was on the move, but it, it took a lot of effort. So, you know, that is a big difference, which I felt, you know, like my knees were hurting a lot more, my back hurting a lot more. So I genuinely felt, uh, you know, a 50% difference between both. Right. Now, you've also said very honestly that uh, uh, the C-section that you had both the times is not something you did, you had by choice. Yeah. Uh, would you have preferred a natural birth? Uh, I mean, I would have loved to do that, you know, but the first time round, it was complicated. So I had, I had to go for it the first time. And obviously, the second time round, uh, he was a little distressed because I think maybe in the last couple of months, in the last month, I was also very stressed because I'm nervous about delivering. Um, so my gynecologist said that, you know, because we've done it the first time, a cesarean, and he is a little distressed, we we should go in for a cesarean. Okay. And I was like, okay, I mean, obviously, I if this is what it was, you know, had the to be. The doctor says, yeah. Absolutely. And uh, the first time round, obviously, there was no option because the cord was around right. his neck. Right. You know? So we, right. it was an emergency kind of a cesarean that... Right. We, uh, you know, had it was not, it was just like rushed overnight kind Correct. of thing. Right. Um, we didn't want to obviously get into any sort of complication again. Right. So, yeah, it was okay. It's fine. I mean, uh, the healing process is a lot different. So, that was worrisome. Yeah. But I think, um, I mean, I'm fine now, six months into it. I feel, right. uh, I feel great. I'm back to working out. Right. I'm back to getting back in shape. I'm trying. Uh, yeah. So, I'm, I'm feeling, I, I don't think there's any, you know, there is, of course, the only difference is the healing process. Correct. And of course, you know, experience of labor and stuff like that. That's, there is difference. So last question. Uh, Seth reveals in the chapter he wrote in your book 
that you both did at some point in the start consider surrogacy. Uh, after all, the way an actor looks matters a lot. Tell us a bit about that. I think it was me who suggested because like I was like, oh, listen, what do you think that, you know, should be? Should it be that, should we do that? And, all, and you know, should we do surrogacy and Seth's instant reaction was like, you know, if we can have children, why not, you know, try and do it ourselves? Correct. And, you know, if that's the way God wants it. And it was just obviously like a fleeting thought, you know, and he, but he was very clear on like, you know, like, let's, you know, do it the right way. Let's see, um, you know, first if it happens. And sure enough, I think that's, yeah, God had it planned this way. And, you know, I, I think carrying both my children have been the greatest joy also for me in life because um, I'm happy I've experienced it with both the boys. Um, and I mean, I, I actually enjoyed overall, I would say that I enjoyed, you know, being pregnant. I was one actor who actually, you know, didn't give a damn, you know, how I looked, what I did, how, you know, my face was bloated, my feet were bloated. I kind of like was waddling out of restaurants in Jim's time and second time also I was like all over the place shooting and whatever. But I, and you know, the best part is, you know, my brands and a lot of people that I shot for didn't really care that I was. And that's, I, I really appreciate that because today it's not about the fact that, you know, I don't believe it's just about vanity. And having two children, any shape and size that you're carrying them should not matter. And the brands that took me believed in it. And I'm really grateful for that because, you know, I'm happy they're changing their mindsets as well. Well, on behalf of the thousands of moms to be who are going to read your book, uh, I think they're very going to be very thankful that you've not gone for surrogacy. Yeah. Uh, congratulations, Karina. Congratulations on being a mom second time round. Uh, congratulations on being such an icon. Congratulations on speaking so honestly. Thank you. And thank you for your time. <laughs> thank you. People often compare the Maldives to, say, a Goa and question why we can't have hotels like in the Maldives right at home. I feel it may be because a lot uh, uh, because of a lot more infrastructural and basic reasons such as, I don't know, overpopulation and dirty seas and shores due to littering. But that's just Goa. What about the other coastal cities? Mumbai may be out of question, but uh, we have many more options to explore. And that's the topic HT Branch columnist V Sangvi touches upon this week. Listen on. If you've seen pictures of resorts in the Maldives, and let's face it, with Instagram we all have, then you'll know they're pretty spectacular. If you've seen pictures or been to one of our own beach resorts, you'll realize they're not quite in the same league. Now, the Maldives is one hour away from India. Why is it that our beach resorts are not so wonderful? Why don't we make so much of our own beach destinations? I don't know. And it makes what makes it even more frustrating for me is the fact that beach tourism in the Maldives, these excellent resorts, really went upmarket because of an Indian. It's a guy called Sonu Shivdasani, who was born into a wealthy NRI Sindhi family, brought up in England, came back to the Maldives with his Swedish wife, looked at it and decided he was going to build this outstanding hotel. The hotel was called Soneva Fushi. And it was such a success, the Maldives, which till then had been a sort of down market destination, was transformed completely. So I write this week about the Maldives. I write about Sonu. I write about Soneva Fushi. And I ask the big question, why do we have to go abroad? 
Why can't we do these things in India? Why can't Indian hoteliers and the Indian hotel industry is quite spectacular? Why can't we build hotels of our own that are of this quality? Growing up, my dad would just not stop emphasizing upon the importance of time. It may have been a bit too much when he took away on by Enid Blyton's and the Sydney Sheldons that I'd stolen from my mum, much to her amusement and much to my dad's horror, and asked me to study. But in the day and age of social media, there's no need to recall memories, I think, like that anymore because so many of them just keep getting thrown back at you. Uh, recent ones from Google and really embarrassing ones on Facebook. I mean, all I do is wonder what I was thinking at the point, you know, uh, and my mouse hovers over the delete option and then I just laugh at the stupidity and leave it be. I mean, it'll make me laugh uh, 10 years down the line too, so why not? Except the ones with exes, those I end up deleting without thinking twice. Huh? <laughs> but without diving into my dating life any further, here's what HD Brunch columnist Rehanu Munir has to say about memories and the concept of time. Uh, most things that are happening these days, I'm ascribing to the fact that I turned 40 recently. Or, or maybe it's the fact that I can hear the church bells sound close by every six hours. Or, or the fact that a friend just gifted me a wall clock. But I've been reflecting on the question of time a lot lately. Um, Facebook, of course, does its bit. It throws all kinds of memories at you all the time. Uh, reminders of people and places from a long, long time ago. Of cakes that you've savoured and haircuts that you've braved. Uh, and you know those strange notes that you used to leave just because Facebook asked you what's on your mind? And uh, you used to leave those notes as status messages and taking it all very seriously. I, I, I myself don't understand what I was saying in there. Uh, but this was all 11 or 12 years ago. I know you can turn those reminders off, but it seems a bit too final. Uh, like, you know, putting the past finally to rest and all of that. Um, I've also had a very strange relationship with clocks overall. Never worn a wristwatch because it's, you know, it's too cumbersome. Who wants something clinging to you all day, right? Um, alarm clocks, you know, oh, they're a big no-no. They only serve to keep me up all night, you know, very anxious. Is it time yet? Is it time to catch that flight? Is it time to go here or there? So that's a, a no-no. Uh, and wall clocks I've always found to be too judgmental. You know, they stare at you from a great height invariably, asking you what you've accomplished from time to time. Um, but now that a friend has gifted me a very nice wall clock, I'm, I'm learning to come to terms with this, uh, should I say, mildly neurotic behavior. <laughs> I, I'm training myself to not look at it with a mix of fear and aggression, uh, trying my best not to ascribe its supernatural powers like slowing down a boring work call or speeding up nap hour. You know, I keep telling myself, maybe it's not about the clock. It's, it's uh, other things in my life that need fixing. Um, of course, uh, Salvador Dali's persistence of memory is an image that comes to mind whenever the talk of time crops up. And uh, this week's column talks about all of these things, and I hope you have a good time reading it. Bye. If you enjoyed the music of Mirzapur, then you're in for a treat today because we have musician, composer and singer-songwriter Anand Bhaskar who also featured in HG Branch a while back with his wife Nidhi, giving us a peek into the independent music he makes with his ensemble, the Anand Bhaskar Collective. I've been a fan um, of theirs for about four years now since I came across Anand's band in Bombay. Not just of their music, but also the musician and person Anand is. Not only does he give me a balanced, non-judgmental, 
perspective of things in the industry but he also gives me social media tips because I really need them hope you enjoyed this track from the indie musician who's ruling both industries at the moment Hi guys this is Anand Bhaskar from Anand Bhaskar Collective this is our latest song Jadugari a song about how love can be exaggeratingly complex and yet magical here's hoping you like it The weekend is when you take a break from a hectic week whether it's work from home or work from work. It's also a day to develop perspective on things by not just consuming news but also analyzing it by listening to different points of views and figuring out what you feel about it. We hope we've been able to do just that with today's HD Brunch podcast. Feel free to give us feedback and suggestions on HD Smartcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or DM us directly at HD Brunch on Instagram and Twitter. To listen to more podcasts, log on to hdsmartcast.com or suno nay nazariye se. I will see you back here next weekend with another dose of entertainment that keeps things real. Till then, happy brunching guys. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.